Welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin. This is session number 57. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin, and I have with me my three fantastic co-hosts. On the left, to the middle, to the right, we have John Covello. Say hi. Hey guys. Gary Sproul. Hello everyone. And Wayne Middlestead. Hey everyone from Toronto, Canada, Dueling Grounds. Yeah. 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 So how's everybody doing today? Good. I'm going to open up with uh, Happy New Year, everyone. So, yeah, Happy New Year. Year. Yeah, we should. Yeah. We all survived. Yes, we have. 2017. This is not as bad as 2000, I guess. But, you know, every yeah. year is, one, is a good year as long as you're breathing still, right? Yeah, no Y2K this year. No 2012 scare. No, I don't think there were many apocalypse predictions for 2016, but... Uh, Oh, there's plenty there's in the gaming world. There's something for every year. There's always something for every year. Yeah. There's plenty in the gaming world. Maybe not in the general population, but we hear it every day. It's like, ah, oh, this is the year. That's, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just a, as a side note, I don't know if you guys heard that uh, Pokemon was reprinting one of its uh, more popular sets, Roaring Skies. Yes. Yep. Yeah, okay. that, apparently that is a thing. That's, uh, that was kind of an interesting twist because I heard that uh, that was out of print. They were like, it's done. And now they're just kind of going back on that. And they're like, no, nah, we're going to do another run. Well, they don't have a reserve list like Magic, so they can do whatever they want. They well, money. To, to be fair, when you look at Magic, we all know how well Eternal Masters and Modern Masters sold for us. So I, I don't see necessarily a bad thing with it. But yeah, I, I understand. Uh, you got a point. You print something at nauseam, and then there's no point to having it anymore. But we'll see what they do with it. Uh, in the meantime, well, right. I, there's a serious shortage of, of Pokemon product right now, so they, they needed to do something. A lot of what is in their, uh, I guess they would, I don't know what the name is, not standard, but what's in their playable list is, is out of print. So I think, they, I think they call it standard, I think. Standard, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not the Pokemon expert in my store, but yes. I'm not either. Yeah, I mean, Evolutions, the newest set is, you can't just get, you can't get it anymore. We just sold our last booster this week, and so we're out. That seems oh, really strange. Like, why would? On the other hand, I have no shortage of gigantic boxes of mixed uh, sort and statues. <laughs> I don't know where to stick them anymore. They keep making bigger and bigger boxes. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm thankful I didn't over order those, and we blew through them all over the holidays. I was very happy to get rid of them, but only because they're so large. <laughs> no, I'm waiting for life size replicas of Pikachu and stuff like that to start hitting the stores because that's you know the next thing. So. Yeah, I just ordered. I just ordered several boxes of Cthulhu Wars, and I have ah. no idea where I'm going to put it. Yep. Yep. Well, you got the expansion. There you go. Just yeah, that'll be the expansion. Yep. So, is it out in general release now again, or what? Because I know it came out. Uh, they're taking pre-orders for it now to come out in the next month or so. For sure, because you know the Kickstarter one was a little late. Um, for sure in the gaming industry. Uh, um, there isn't. <laughs> 100% maybe. 100% maybe. Right. It just seemed like a very strange move to me. Kind of like you're breaking the trust. That's kind of the idea. It's out of print. It's out of print. At least oh, with like a collectible card game with uh, the Pokemon stuff, yeah. Yeah, to a certain degree, there's got to be a balance, right? You don't want to block people from being able to play the game because they're missing certain key cards or fundamentally drive it entirely into the secondary market, right? Because, I mean... Yeah. There's a certain speculation and stuff that happens that can be detrimental to the game itself. But at the same token, you're right. Hey, I had a $200 card. It's not worth 50 you know, because you print. Yeah, yeah it's just like 
the equivalent would be, you know, just throwing out like another edition of revised or something like that. Well, yeah, we're just going to reprint revised. Like, that would be like a, <laughs> incredible, right? No one would do that. Like it, the magic community would be like, what's going on? Right. And all of a sudden, like they're throwing dual lands back into the circulation again. So like, that's kind of the idea. You mean so like a, a sudden recent. reprint of eternal masters? Well, like Eternal well, Masters was, it. it's like, it, it was meant as a reprint set, right? Like, but they were also supposed to be like, uh, when they originally announced Modern Masters, they tried to reassure everybody that they weren't going to flood the market. You know, it was going to be very controlled. It's just kind of to ease the the prices kind of and get some more cards out there, but not like just boom, here you go. Everybody can have every card they ever wanted. Was sure. kind of like a well, but I'll tell you what price. happened to us here in Vegas. Our prices dropped down the toilet because we had the uh, the GP Vegas was mm-hmm. Modern Masters when it first came out, right? And you're mm-hmm. looking at four thousand five hundred people, I think, is what it was at that time. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a lot. Half the, they literally came in, did round one, dropped in round two, so they could go play in another event, drop in round two, go play. <laughs> and it was just, how many packs of Modern Masters can I get my hands on, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure that flooded the local market pretty good. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, it, it flooded several states around it. We saw it in Colorado. <laughs> People were like, why don't you want to buy this card? I'm like, I got it up to my guilds. I'm good. I'm sorry. You know, so, um, yeah, but um, we'll see what they're going to do with it. I don't know. Like, did they talk? Like, is this going to be order as much as you want? Or is it going to be you're going to get three boxes? Did they say that yet? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I think the uh, details are still kind of up in the air, but just it's now in print instead of out of print. So right. we're getting a little bit off track. So like the uh, what we were originally planning on talking about today was kind of 2016, not not what's going on in 2017. Well, we'll, we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, so today's episode, we're going to do a uh, 2016 postmortem. We're going to go go back over the year and we're going to take a look on uh, what went right, and what went wrong. And we're going to see what we can learn and you know how we can improve as people and store owners and all that good stuff. So, so I've got uh, got some questions, just that we can uh, break out, and uh, we'll go you know through the group and just see what everyone to, everyone thinks. First question is: What were the products or games that performed better than you expected? So, like we have the the stuff that like okay, these are your top performers. Maybe you knew they were going to be your top performers. Which one was kind of like the breakout that you didn't see coming? Um, do you guys want me to start? Or? Please, sure. <laughs> um, so if I. We're going to look at the whole year, right? Not just the Christmas season or whatever not. Yeah, wherever, yep. wherever you want to go for it. Uh, for me, th- there's a couple of things in there that were really kind of like high performers. But the one that kind of blindsided me, mostly because it's not even new. It's not for this year. And I don't even consider it a game per se. It's, it's sneaky cards. I mean, we... That's interesting. Yeah, well, so for those of you who are not familiar with sneaky cards, it's kind of like a scavenger hunt, right? You get a deck of cards, and the cards tell you to do tasks, like take a selfie with a stranger, um, you know, or leave this card on a plane, train, or automobile, right? And they have a tracker on the card that you, you enter the tracker, and it travels across the nation as it does. You can see where it goes and things like that. But I sold 500 and over 530 units um, of this silly little game. I, and again, I don't know why it keeps selling, because it's not new. It's not like, you know, people just discovering this. Um, that was definitely something that I did not see coming. Um, it was just kind of like, okay, we kept ordering and it kept selling. So. Mm. Was there something that uh, like happened in the background that kind of like hyped it up? Was it featured in a no. major article somewhere? Or like what Maybe. Nothing I did to it. How that other than it sits, that there's always a display at the register. So maybe that's the only input I did with it. Um, it's not the, the packaging. One. The packaging is very low key. Yeah, it is. It's just a black thing that you kind of got to read the back to see what it what it what it does. 
Um, the other one, they, mouth, right? Must be word of mouth. Potentially, yeah. And the other yeah. one that I also did incredible with, and this was just around Christmas. For whatever reason, in December, we sold over 100 copies of Code Names. Um, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know if there was some kind of hype behind it. Gary, maybe you're more attuned with Code Names than I am. But I mean, this is, again, a game that, I mean, Pictures maybe is a little bit newer. Did it come out this year? Yeah. Pictures came out this year, yeah. 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 But year. the original yeah. Code Names, which is the one that I sold over 100 copies uh, in just one month, was not new by any stretch of the imagination, but something fired it up during December and it just went nuts. Yeah, we saw that too as well. Sorry, that wasn't a 2016 release, Codenames? It's it's fairly new. I know that. Maybe it was 2015. I know. Uh, end, of, end of 2015. Yeah. Hmm. So, so it's, it's just kind of... Um, and, and the <clears throat> new ones, for me, that there just wasn't enough of them to do an impact. Labyrinth sold right off the gate, but we couldn't get our hands on it to really go, this is one of my top, I think it made the top 10, but I only sold maybe 30 units because then we ran out, right? It was completely gone. Right. Uh, yep. Wayne, I think you were trying to get some. Did you ever get your hands on any? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, right. I didn't. It was gone everywhere. Like yeah, if, you get it, if you get it back in, that's one to look at. Um, oh, matter of yeah. fact, I was looking at a video from Johnny, the guy that's uh, from way other scope to the miniatures. He actually did a, a like a I'm not gonna call it life size, but a five foot board for that game in 3D. But wow, it's incredible. But anyways, uh, Labyrinth, the return of uh, Robinson Crusoe under a new publisher, Portal Games, I believe. Um, we signed on for the pre-release, and we sold out in four hours of the pre-release kit. And then we went asking the distributors, "Hey, we see you still have pre-releases. Can we get more?" And they're like, "Sure." So we kept ordering pre-release kits. And selling through them the second we got them, um, they came in bundles of six games, I think, uh, and literally just, you know, but there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough literally to keep it on the shelf, so. It's a good problem to have, I suppose. Yeah, eh. I like to maximize profits, and when I can't, <laughs> start going, what are you doing to me? I think that the actual general release happens this month for the, the, the game and publishing, so. Sure, sure. What about you, Wayner Gary? <laughs> Um, let's see. The uh, we didn't mention Mount Guard. Man, man, oh, come Mount Guard. Let's that goes in our what did we miss category. Um, well, we should as long as you've mentioned it, sure. let's talk about it now. Sure. There's there's always some game at the end of the year around the holidays that's that's just wacky that that people get in their heads and it, it becomes this kind of weird nationwide phenomenon. Last year was Pie Face. Uh, I can't remember what the the physical game was the year before. This year it was a a game. Well, there's three or four versions of it, as I recall. But uh, yeah. it's a game where you stick a piece of plastic in your mouth and then try and say something. Um, and it, that's <laughs> it. Sounds it. like yeah. fun. That's the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ten people a day, twenty people a day walking in asking for it. What amazes oh, me about my gosh. Games, you can do this at home by sticking a rag in your mouth. Yet people still buy the game. I don't. I don't. But okay. And what do you do? Share the mouthpiece? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Turn. <laughs> <Your> turn. yes. <laughs> maybe that's the fun. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Share with your close friends. How it's for everybody. I can tell you in my gaming group, I don't want to share a mouthpiece with anybody no. in my gaming group. I just don't. Sorry. Yeah. I love them <laughs> to that, but not that much. Oh, man. So I, def I definitely missed the boat on this year's wacky physical game. Um, I was surprised by Mansions of Madness. I mean, I knew it was going to be a good game, but you know, it was a reprint. A lot of people who were going to buy it already had the first edition, so I was going to get a lot of 
well, why do I need to buy a hundred dollar game again? Um, it was amazing. It, it just a hundred dollar game just sold over and over and over and over. And people saw the value in it. They just went, wow, it's a game that because of the app, it's going to get played much, much more often and uh, I, sold all the time. How was your supply on that? Because for us, it was spotty. So I definitely spotty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, not as bad as you know, uh, Scythe or you know something no, like no. that. But I just um, felt I could have squeezed not, more out. Of not it. as yeah, I could I could have sold a lot more had had I been able to to get more. Hmm. And then other things that you know, just just to show you the value of how you merchandise things, we have a we have a little game called Dark Tales. It's uh, an Italian game, um, I think from Da Vinci, that has anime art on the cover of it. And there's a, it's a card game, and then there's two or three expansions for it. And it's got some, you know, a, a pretty wild cover on it. We put it on the shelf, didn't sell, didn't sell. We moved it over to another spot near the register where we could put everything face out. And now we sell a copy every other day. Um, it's, it's flying off the shelf. So that presentation has made a huge difference in the sell of that game. Sure. Interesting. This is, uh, Interesting. I find this sometimes with some publishers like, well, you're, you're buying a game, not art. Why do you care? What's I'm like, if you can't sell the game on the cover, you're missing out as good as your game yep. is, you're yep. missing out on a lot. So by all means, if you're a publisher and you're listening to this, Yes, it makes a difference. People judge the book by its cover, guys. So do a mess on some art front. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that people kind of uh, don't think about when they're designing the game. Because, like, you can't, especially if it's a, a board game, There's unless you're playing a demo and you actually get to handle the pieces and see the board and, like, feel it and experience the quality of the game, all you have is your first impression on the box in the back, right? You, yeah. But you can't really just rip it open and take a look. Generally, you're like, what does the box tell me? If the box doesn't sell it, the box or the game's not going to sell. So that makes a lot of and sense. We as retailers, you know, the, at least the ones that I know, we'll, we'll, we'll feature a game, we'll break it out and put it on a table for people to look at and touch and feel. But I can't do that every time. I have limited tables, so your product needs to be able to sell itself when I'm not pushing it for you. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I have my attention diverted to a lot of things, and you know, yeah. not just one publisher, basically. Sure, sure. What about you, Wayne? What's, yeah, your, well, what's um, your unexpected winner? Yeah, I'll start with, uh, I guess, the board games, because you've been talking a lot about board games. Um, uh, well, uh, Betrayal, House on the Hill, the expansion, Widow's Walk, um, that not only flew off the shelves, but we sold more of the original as well. So um, we sold more copies of, of that this year than we ever have. Uh, Code Names as well, I know you mentioned that already. Uh, and expansion pictures again flew off the shelves because Code Names was already like really popular, and so everybody wanted the expansion, especially for Christmas. Hmm. Um, but uh, moving along to some different stuff, uh, uh, well, I think the obvious thing for uh, collectible card games was Pokemon this year. When Pokemon Go came out, there was a huge resurgence. Before that, actually, Pokemon. Uh, uh, started showing on Netflix, which uh, brought in a lot of new customers who were fathers, you know, bringing in their little little girls or little boys. And, okay, they saw Pokemon on Netflix. They want Pokemon cards now. And <laughs> there's been a resurgence of Pokemon and Pokemon trading problems in schoolyards where kids, you know, are, are fighting or stealing cards. And one, one school uh, even told me, a uh, teacher told me, uh, 
that the kids got together and were like, we want to have like an after school Pokemon club. And, and they're like, oh, great. They want to actually get together and, and play the game because, you know, it's math and reading and it's, it's a great <laughs> educational tool. And uh, all they wanted to do was to sit around and trade. <laughs> and as soon as the teachers realized that, they're like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, this club's for playing the game. If you're just going to trade cards, we can't have a club for you. So it turned, uh, it turned out to be a uh, entrepreneur club and they're yeah. learning business, right? I mean, yes. that's. Right. So we we sold more Pokemon than we ever have, and we got back into doing singles. I mean, uh, I hadn't done singles for years because um, it just wasn't paying off, and now it's it's like I'm having trouble keeping up with with my singles and and get having enough to offer customers. So that that was the big breakout CCG this year, even though it's an, an old one, but big comeback this year um, for miniatures. Uh, 40k had. Um, a couple hits. Uh, one of the most notable ones for me was the Horus Heresy box set series that came out. All the 40k players love the 30k universe. They love the retro armor on the on the Space Marines and everything. And uh, I sold more 40k box sets that were you know they're 150 bucks a, a pop, 180 actually to betrayal the first one uh, or the second one, Prospero and betrayal. Anyways, yeah, those I I the first one I I. You know, I'd ordered a, maybe four of them, and then boom, they went. And I was like, okay, I'm going to order 10. And then they all went. And, and uh, so when the second one came out, I made sure to order a lot straight up and um, did really well on them as well. Uh, and the most recent hit for us is the Blood Bowl. Um, and we didn't even do any big promotion. I heard of stores like, like dressing up their, their stores to look like a sports arena or something, having cheerleaders running around and, and uh, all kinds of stuff. But, uh, it was just a, a big hit straight up. There's a lot of people who are uh, into the into Blood Bowl, and I think uh, you know they they they. I I don't know if you know this, but Games Workshop has all new leadership now. They got rid of the board of directors. Uh, there's new people in charge, and they're people who realize they're they're more like you know let's let's have fun, let's let's do what people like, and uh, it's making a huge difference. Releasing all these uh, specialist games that everybody's you know foaming at the mouth for. You know, they realize, wow, we got to, you know, got to take advantage of this. Um, so I'm looking forward to more specialist games coming up. I'm hoping for Necromunda. I'm hoping for Balfi Gothic, um, <clears throat> which, you know, we had a little bit of Necromunda come in because we do the trading in of the uh, and the buying of the used stuff. So we do have a lot of this outer print stuff. Um, the Balfi Gothic, anything we get in just flies off the shelf and it's expensive. Like, I mean, we, we, we price it at a, at a fair price. We don't go to the highest eBay prices because it's crazy. But uh, anything we get in just, just flies off the shelf. Uh, there's even, um, we've had a couple tournaments now for Epic, Epic 40K. Uh, so that might be another one they released. Um, so I think we're getting a little too, I'm getting a little too into predictions for 2017, but that's going to be one thing I talk about. I'm going to mirror the sentiments on 40K. Blood yeah. Bowl, us, not yet. I mean, most people are like, I want more teams. I'm not going to do anything with this until more stuff comes out. Um, sure. I, yeah. I was aware of the change in direction. I mean, I see a change a little bit in what's going on with GW through the channels, right? As far as this game is a little bit more forward notion, no, notice of things coming out and, and things, because that's always been a big gripe of ours. When yeah. you give me a week to prep and pump up a game, there's no way. If I was just a GW store, that's all I do, maybe. But with everything else going on, I, my staff, can't handle it, right? A week is just not going to happen. So then it becomes... Hey, hey, dude, it's on the shelf, you know, uh, kind of situation. But uh, yeah. more lead time would be better. 
But they've gotten better with the promotional material too, right? Yes. Uh, There's some wonkiness with these Order 96 to get this, you know, kind of situation. So we're hoping that gets toned down a little bit. Uh, But in general, yes, positive changes. I don't want to diss on them. You know, I'm not not a GW hater by all means. They make me a lot of money. 40K this year was was good. Age of Sigmar, not so good for us. And I know you like it, Wayne. Uh, It does great. Yeah, we, I, you know, it was a personal favorite, so I pushed it. And I I started the first real community in Toronto. I mean, besides the actual Games Workshop store, because of course that's all we do. But there's so far north, and I'm downtown, and uh, it was only, my place was only the real place that you could come by and play a game consistently and have people come out. Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of proud of that. Well, before we move away from miniatures, I want to chime in my sort of, crazy success this year uh we ordered a pre-release rack for the walking dead and it's done gangbusters for us um really super which, which walking dead walking uh all out war uh all it's the miniature game from mantic okay. um so they gave you this offer of the pre-release right well you got this rack right uh and it was the product before it comes out still um and ours was sabotaged literally we got ours about two and a half, three weeks almost late from the original window because we got all the products except for the starters and the racks. That's three weeks, right? So we limped around with the internet download of the PDF and used the solo starter to show people. But we got pre-orders for everything and I'm basically wiped out. So the only thing I would say, it would have been great if the previous stores had a little bit more supply to be able to to get the people to buy the stuff. Like the vinyl mats, you only got two in that rack. They were gone the first second. The terrain pieces, same thing. So, um, good success. We look forward to the actual launch because I think we can get it. It's interesting because it's a game. It's a miniature game. You can play solo, you can play co-op, or you can play head-to-head, and that's really grabbing a lot of people on that one. So, mm-hmm. I've got. I wasn't finished. If I could continue. Sorry, go ahead. My, uh, my my breakout games were. Yeah. Okay. So, um, other than Pokemon, uh, uh, doing really well. Uh, a new collectible card game slash dice game. Uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. Star Wars Destiny. Uh, very undersupplied. It was heavily allocated. Um, but whatever you get, it just flies, especially the starter decks. They just fly off the shelf. If you can get them in, they will go out. And like you can even mark them up a bit if you want because they're so hard to get. Um but yeah, we're uh, we're selling tons of tons of that. I mean, we're all out of decks, but um, the boosters, what we've got left, are, are very quickly draining. Um, so that was a big one near the end of the year. And then role playing games, uh, biggest uh, hit for me that uh, I wasn't expecting was the the, the new seventh edition Call of Cthulhu. Um, anything I brought in for it, it sold and. It's really hard to restock because distributors uh, have a hard time keeping it in stock too. Um, another another one was New Era. Um, that was one that was recommended by uh, some of my RPG uh, specialist employees, and uh, I trusted them on that, and and they pushed it, and it and also did very very well for me. It's it's a beautiful they're beautiful books. It's a really good role playing game. I highly recommend it, and. Um, course star wars rpg had a big resurgence um with you know the rogue one coming up yeah everybody was hyped up for that but i mean star wars star wars and uh, i know a lot of uh, actually a lot of younger people getting the game i found um kids who are like experiencing star wars for the first time and then they like wow star wars rpg holy crap and like even selling like 
expansion packs, like the card deck things that nobody buys, are buying them now. And so I'm, I'm quite happy to see those finally be on my shelf. But, uh, but yeah, I got to really um, be on top of keeping uh, the, the, the main rule books and the GM kits uh, and the beginner boxes in stock because uh, there's, there's a, an increased demand for that stuff. Wayne, you do. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much. You do use um, you do use miniatures too. You do the Star Wars ones, right? From yeah, we're we're like the only place you can find those still. The old uh, imagine, miniatures. Yeah, I would imagine you would see a pickup if you're doing well with the RPG in Imperial Assault figures and those yeah. miniatures. Yeah, we. I mean, when the Star Wars RPGs first came out, and it was a little while ago now. Um, yeah, like the, we started selling those miniatures more um, and because you know they want the. Uh, the RPG accessories, they want the little characters, they want the little robots and stuff. So um, that definitely, I definitely saw an increase in that. Um, but, you know, a lot of collectors come in too. So Cool. Yeah. It's interesting to see uh, synergy in a franchise. Like a movie mm-hmm. kind of bringing back something or like uh, Walking Dead becoming popular, bringing back the, the franchise for the games. Things that are not within the game industry kind of synergizing with the game industry. It's pretty cool. Well, in talking of synergy, one breakout title for me in RPGs was the Lord of the Rings uh, setting. So, fifth edition, in case you guys don't know, um, and I'm sure you guys know, but people listening at home, um, is now an open license. So, like uh, fourth edition was, pretty much anybody can write titles for it. So, uh, Cubicle Seven made a source book for playing Middle Earth adventures in D and D fifth edition, and we could not keep that title in stock. That was another one that like went really well for us. Let's uh, let's flip the script and go to uh, stinkers. What was the what was the <laughs> thing that you thought was going to do really well that didn't end up uh, end up performing? Anybody ready? Looks like Gary's got one. No, I, I'm trying to think of you know, of an example that I did it that I thought. Gosh, this is a this is a surefire thing, and I hate to say it, but I'm I've been doing this long enough now that there's almost nothing that I bring in. Even Star Wars Destiny, I was like, really, even this is not a sure thing. <laughs> yeah, and. I, I was also, not a naysayer, but prove me kind of situation. I did not know where Destiny was going to go. I still don't know where it's going to go, but definitely I should have been like, okay, a fellow retailer we know, Travis, that was like, hit this, hit it now, get a lot of yes. it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's collectible, and you, you wonder, and, and I will t- say one thing about most CCGs and collectible items, you tend to have this really steep kind of crazy like this, and then it doesn't like gradually decline, it just ends. So you, you yeah. all... Me, I tend to approach it with a, a grain of salt, and it's Star Wars, by all means. I don't think it's going to quite crash like, say, I don't know, some of these other Force of Wills or, or things that maybe in my market are just horrible or great everywhere else. But uh, yeah, um, Well, it's yeah. going to be a movie every year, and the, and then the new uh, clone cartoons coming out. Like Fair. You yeah, know, like but, but Star Wars is a pretty safe bet. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I agree, but there's a certain saturation. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I have an issue. Most of my Destiny players are also Netrunner LCG players, and they're also Imperial Assault players, X-Wing players. So you start looking at this, and you go, how much money do you have? Because if Destiny gets aggressive with its release schedule, then you start having a problem of, like, do I have the money to stay in Destiny, Netrunner, um, X-Wing, right. right? And not they're not different crowds. That, yeah, you're, canna- you're cannibalizing your own players, just, and now you're supporting <clears throat> multiple lines. It's it, you're you're making less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miniatures that's is a big. That's a big problem. With miniatures with us. I just backed the other side, which is Malifaux's. Or, yeah. I'm sorry, Weird's new game, and uh, 
I, I think it'll sell, but I'm afraid it yeah. will only sell to people who are already playing Malifaux. So now I'm right. supporting two lines for the same customers. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, War Machine and Hordes, right? I mean, that's... A, but, um, well, okay, I do have one stinker that I was like, man, this is a surefire bet, no matter what. Catan sells. Catan sells. Catan sells. It didn't for me this year nearly as much yeah. um, as, as I'd hoped for. Now, I've heard... I don't mean to throw... Travis's name out there, but he was his his opinion is that they changed the name, right? It used to be called Settlers of Catan, now it's just Catan, and nobody recognizes it. I fear that would be a localized thing. Most customers call me, Andy, you ask me, do you have Catan? Yeah. Right? They 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 literally ask me for Catan, not Settlers. Yeah. So yeah. the price point went up, and I do agree with him. That's potentially yeah. a problem, right? I mean, because it's it's a game that was selling at thirty five, I remember originally, and now it's up to forty two. Like here in uh, it was it was forty two. Now it's fifty. And then you got to buy a separate twenty five dollar expansion to get up to five to six players. And it starts to get a little spendy when you look at what's out there in the fifty seventy dollar range um, these days. So I kind of get it. There could be that. That's definitely I see as an impact. And definitely for us um, losing the internet sales, half of our sales for Catan in twenty fifteen came from online, right at full retail. We didn't discount it today. So we knew that that was going to happen. I just wasn't expecting the in-store sales to collapse also. And that's what happened with Catan. So I think the price point has a big thing to do with it. The other thing I wonder is I wonder if all this influx of new players, right, all these, uh, we call them the mundanes that have been exposed to our industry have become gamers now. I wonder if they have Catan. And so therefore, there is no new blood coming into it. I don't know. I, I, I thought the same thing, uh, but we have Ticket to Ride sitting right next to it, and Ticket to Ride I can almost not keep in stock. Fair, mm-hmm. you're right. It's the same way. How's um, the new sales and rails doing for you guys? Extremely well. But we have we have um, people on staff who, who champion it because they played it and they love it. How much That's of a difference does that make? If you, a huge if you could quantify difference. that, if you had one person being like, this is the game you want to buy, this is my game, pushing it to your customers, is that like... Like a uh, huge it's, it's, noticeable difference in the sales compared to other games? It's significant. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. huge. Once, yep. once we got Walking Dead and we put it on a table and we literally have, it's a five-minute demo miniature game. You don't see that a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But literally you can show the basics in five minutes. And uh, it's it, it's incredible. People will take that five-minute demo and walk up to that. And um, I had a conversation with one publisher that didn't quite see the value of by the proposition of board games specifically, he gets the organized play for everything else and why we need stores for, say, X-Wing or, or 40K. But he's like, board games, what do they care? They go to the store, they buy it, they take it home, or they go to discounter online and, buy, and get sent to the house and they play it at home. But the reality is we see a huge amount of people that ask us for opinion. Depend, doesn't matter what Board Game Geek says. They come to me, to Gary, to Wayne. They go, what's your game? What do you yeah. like? Now? What are you playing? Yeah. yeah. It makes well, it happens, happens every day. Every day we have we have people walking in going, so tell tell me what you know what what do you think is great? Mm-hmm. And anytime you're actually trying to sell a game, when you come across one that you like that you really like and you actually play a lot, um, that usually closes a sale really quickly. Like, oh yeah, this game, I love this game. This is one of my favorite games. You're like, oh okay, right on. You know that that seems to carry a lot of weight. To, uh, to customers, so it's okay. great. I, I think uh, one thing uh, I wanted to add to my board game selection, and I don't know if you guys do this already, but the, you know the staff picks, I think that would be uh, a great uh, call out to have on the shelves. Something I've been meaning, meaning to do for a while. 2017 will be the year. <laughs> cool, cool. 
All right, so yeah. let's uh, let's transition. Right, that's a great way to segue into what are your goals for 2017. So we got a new year coming up. We got 358 days to go <laughs> to figure this out. So what do you guys uh, what do you guys want to achieve in 2017? And I like uh, John and Gary have already had like a very momentous 2016. You've done you know sure. some pretty big moves, some pretty big uh, pretty big transitions already. But like, what's coming up? And then for us, speculation. for us, it's um, diversify, right? We really, really need to move into um, things that uh, are more muggle friendly. We need to get puzzles. We need to get toys. We need to get um, a lot more pop culture things. Um, so, yeah, diversification is going to be our biggest challenge this year because um, toys is a gigantic market compared to games. And uh, I expect the learning curve to be uh, quite challenging. Um, I don't want to hog up the next two hours because there's 60,000 things we got to do. But uh, <laughs> Gary just finished looking over our floor plans for the kitchen and he gave us the green flag. So I'll take his word for it and also blame him if anything goes wrong because why not? Because <laughs> it's, all, it's all me. Anyway, so getting the kitchen open is, is the number one priority for next year. Um, and diversification is another big one for us. The space will be what we needed. We just got our first shipment of puzzles in. Uh, we'll see how those awesome. go. So yeah, um, the people are asking us for it at the old store. That some selection of chess pieces because there's n nobody in town that really does them. And those are ones that require space. You got to display them properly and show them, show them off. So, so there's that. The other thing we want to do too is um, it's funny you, you were mentioning the staff picks. Um, we're going to try to, we've increased our YouTube presence this year by doing live casts and stuff like that. Um, we also plan on doing a bi-monthly show of what's, what's new because it's, it's difficult to go, John, what came out? What's hot right now? Man, I look at so much product that I forget what the heck is on my shelf sometimes. I'm like, well, this came out. Really? Okay. I, mean, I have a receiving room. Yesterday, was they were overwhelmed. Uh, we got like, I don't know, some crazy amount of boxes. And I was literally back on the floor getting stuff from the receiving room, putting on these two new carts that we brought, that bought and putting on the shelves. And that's when I realized, oh, this finally came out, right? I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> so having a show that I can point to people to go check it out every two weeks will showcase the hot stuff that came out. Uh, that's that's another goal for us this year. Yeah, I'm uh, I was just excited. This was well, end of year 2016 by finally finally got in exploding kittens which i know is a huge game it's been a big game for a while we get asked so many times but it was really super hard to get in canada for a long time and now there's distribution and i just grabbed a whole ton of them and dedicated a whole shelf space to it um one thing i did too was uh, i condensed my war machine hordes which was a big flop uh for 2016 the mk3 release um big big flop for us Condensed that, gave myself another four feet of uh, wall space for board games, and um, you know, yeah, that's, that's been a big, big improvement. Um, but for 2017, looking ahead, I mean, I know I've mentioned this a couple times on the show already, but uh, the big move this year is going to be a, a POS system finally, because literally I'm writing stuff down in a binder. Oh, and then manually typing it into my Excel sheet inventories. Uh, yeah, and this is like we're doing a year-end inventory, and, and like it's always a oh, gosh. nightmare. Um, so, uh, but we're getting through it pretty quickly. I think I'm just really motivated to get it done, and then and then get everything transferred over. Um, and uh, and the launch of an online store um, because we have a unique uh, product line, all this uh, used stuff that we bring in, a lot of out-of-print stuff. I think it's going to do really, really well. 
uh, online for us. So, and, and of course, the extra exposure being online with a store makes a huge, huge difference. So it's so been a long time coming. I'm, I'm pretty ready to catch up to uh, modern times with that. But uh, uh, as far as diversification, um, I mean, I'm never going to get into puzzles, never going to get into games. I'm always going to be a game store. Uh, so, but to reach out to the muggles and call them, uh, the norms, uh, I definitely want to bring in a section where there's chess, checkers, cribbage board, um, stuff like that. Um, I mean, even, maybe even Trivia Pursuit. I don't know. I get so many calls for Trivia Pursuit now. It's, it's, it's weird, but. You know which ones do well for us are the, the themed ones, the Star Trek one, the, cause the, the okay. generic one. Walmart crushes us on it, right? I mean, they don't, it's, it's insignificant what you would make on it. I mean, you, they sell it for $15, you get it for 12, right? It's not even worth carrying. Uh, but uh, the, the specialty ones, look at those. That's, that's what does well for us as far as Monopoly, Trivial Pursuit, uh, Clue. If yeah. it's got a license on it, we do well with it. Okay. Yeah, I've been looking at the, like, I've been avoiding Monopoly because it's such a terrible game, but, I mean, now they're, they're coming out with Pokemon Monopoly. I mean, like, that thing's going to sell like crazy. So it's, now I'm thinking, well, that's going to be, I might be part of that section now, you know? And I don't even know if people play with it or they just leave it shrink-wrapped in their collection because it's Pokemon yeah. or Star Wars, right? But yeah. sale is a sale, so. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and then, um, I mean, looking ahead at 2017, uh you know, it's still kind of up in the air, but I'm really looking to move. Um, it might happen. It might not. Uh, there's pros and cons to both. Um, if I stay, it's financial security. I'm making tons of money. Like my sales have increased uh, a lot. Like, God, I should have figured out the percentage, but I'll just give you the numbers. Uh, 2014 to 2015, it was, it was over 60,000. Uh, net increase in sales in 2015 to 2016, it was it was uh, over 50,000 increase, um, which for a store my size, I'm pretty small. That that's pretty significant. So I've just had the best uh, couple years I've ever had in my store, and uh, I really do need to expand. But if if I end up staying to the end of my lease, which is like about two and a half years. Uh, I'm just going to do what I need to do to make the space work, like just get rid of the war machine hordes and open up, you know, another 10 feet of, of wall space uh, and just look at the layout of my store and see what I can do to, to fit things in. And I can make it work for sure. I can definitely make it work. But I would much prefer to just move, get out of the GTA altogether, which is, you know, Canada or sorry, in Canada, the Toronto area. Is, is one of the most competitive uh, for game stores, one of the most competitive markets, actually in North America, it's crazy competitive. Um, it'd be really refreshing to move away from that and, uh, you know, do my thing. And I mean, I, we already have people traveling quite a fair distance to go to our store. Uh, so I think it would be a pretty big deal if we went out somewhere, you know, a smaller city and uh, I think that'd be a, a pretty big impact. But and, and I just just to have more space, like to be able to afford more space, because of course, being in a big city, you're paying uh, a lot of rent for the space you have. Uh, if you know, I move out of the city I, for the same rent, I can get you know, you know, almost four thousand square feet, which is significant because I'm uh, currently fourteen. What's fourteen plus nine uh so i'm, I'm around 23 2400 square feet so okay. almost doubling my space um would be really significant uh, give me a lot of breathing room because i am literally tripping over boxes 
not if I put my backpack on before I leave, you know, I'm going to knock something over when I get try to walk by the counter, you know, stacks of things that we're sorting through. It's just, it's really, uh, it is frustrating. So I'd love to be able to stretch my wings more and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, take advantage of that space. And I bought one of those, I don't know if you guys got it, but WizKids um, was selling a limited uh, release of a red dragon, mounted red dragon head. And uh, I bought one of those with the, with the thought of, you know, the new store. But, you know, if I stay, it's still going to be really, really cool to, to put up somewhere. Damn, it was expensive. It's, it's going to be one of those things someone walks in and it's like, wow. Right. Or if you can get it somewhere where people can see it through your window, it'd be like, wow. You know, and yeah. Well, I, I apologize, guys. I, I have an all employee meeting that I have to go to. So uh, I'll say uh, have a great new year and uh, take care. All right, Gary. Gary. See you later. Before you go, I wanted to thank you for the mug back. He's already gone, but he sent me a nice mug, and I figured I'd want to show it to people. Shut it up, mug. Yeah, I've got to get going in a couple minutes too. So, wrap this up real quick. I mean, one thing on uh, on Wayne. If you decide to stay, your POS will help you figure out your turn rate, and that's what you're going to look at. You know what I mean? And just like anything that's not performing for you, and you don't have the space, it's got to go, man. It's as bad as it sounds. No, no, I, I get that, and and uh, I can I already do keep track of that. It's manual, which makes it tough. But in my Excel sheets, I actually keep track of monthly sales as well, <laughs> so I can look and see the turnaround rate for stuff like okay, that sells twice a year, this sells like twenty times a year, etc. So I'm already doing that, but of course, it takes so much work. But like, I can't even imagine the, the godsend of a, of a PO system that just look at it right away. Okay, that, all right, that's easy. Make my decisions. Yeah. a lot faster yeah, um, sometimes you have to kill your darlings as a yeah as the quote goes customers darlings that you'll get the most flat for they don't understand it's like look, it's nothing personal but there's not enough people buying it that's yeah, simple it's just as that you. it's just you yeah Sorry. yeah and i you know for me i think uh one way i, I really need to improve too is i gotta be more on top of all these releases i mean you guys mentioned a couple things I hadn't heard of, like sales and rails. You're like going on about that. I'm like sales and rails. I <laughs> haven't even heard that. Maybe part of uh, what's happened this year is I got a new sales rep from one of my main distributors, and uh, he has yet to go. He has yet to go over the new releases with me, which I'm like, what the hell? Why aren't you trying to sell me stuff? I didn't even get the last X-wing wave, which and they're exclusive. They're the exclusive distributor, and you know that's not like, good. I, I'm and I'm a big X-wing. Uh, just like store, like we got two two nights a week that we do it, two days a week. Big community, and, you gotta get on uh, that guy. Large, large section of the wall dedicated to it. So I mean, if you really feel like you dropped the ball there too, um, but uh, and with the new, if I get a bigger space, my God, I can start bringing in Guild Ball and and a bunch of other stuff that uh, I want to bring in. Like even for forty k, the new box sets that they brought out um, the deals where you get a squad and a vehicle, you save like 25 bucks or whatever. I'd love to bring those in. I don't know. No space, no space. Yeah, they're, big boxes boxes there. they're big boxes. You need space. And, and that's, uh, that's what it comes down to. But yeah. All right. yeah. So uh, but I've, been, I've been taking I, notes. I literally have to leave. Uh, We're crap. literally going to unplug the internet. So we have to say <laughs> right. goodbye. It's been great. It was nice talking to you guys. And then we'll figure out when yeah. we're doing this again offline. And Absolutely. everybody at home, have a good day. Sell lots. Yeah. Play Happy lots of games. Enjoy. Happy New Year again. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Right? Have a great Bye. Saturday, Bye guys. Now. See ya. Take care. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I want to say thanks to John, Gary, and Wayne of Little Shop of Magic, The Haunted Game Cafe, and Dueling Grounds, respectively, for being on the show and sharing their valuable insights into the game business with us. How was your 2016? Did your experience match up with the guys? Were there any breakout stars in your shop that you didn't see coming? Head over to maniversesaga.com forward slash MVP057. That's maniversesaga.com forward slash MVP057 to find the show notes and leave a comment letting us know. While you're there, I encourage you to share this episode on Facebook. If you do, I really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning into the Maniverse Podcast. I've been your host, Tom Traplin. Have a successful and prosperous 2017, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye!